Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. A covenant person understands their unique place in God's redemptive plan and order. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. We've been talking about the earmarks of covenant. You know, we use a lot of Christian language and, uh, I think sometimes it's important for us to try to identify that, not necessarily dogmatically, but at least for a reference point and to apply to our lives. And so we've been talking about what does that look like? Uh, In 1 Peter, uh, we've been talking from that chapter, and we talked last time about the stewardship of what others have gone before and done, that that's an understanding of covenant, that we honor what they did for us. Then moving on in that same verse, there's something very strong there. It's one of these things we don't talk about a lot. Uh, And it says at the end of this verse, it says, we honor those, well, let me read the whole verse to you. I think it'll put it in context better. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's those prophets that have gone before them. Then he says this, things into which the angels long to look. A covenant person understands their unique place in God's redemptive plan and God's redemptive order. Think about this. The angels long to look into it. The angels that are around the throne of God and they're worshiping. They're part of the worship leading. They're part of the worship choir in heaven. They serve the heirs of salvation. We don't serve angels. Angels serve us. They are ministers of God. They are ministers of the heirs of salvation, but he says the angels long to look. That word long there is the same word that is translated lust in other parts of the Bible. They just would so much desire. They do not understand what you and I have in forgiveness of sins. They long to look into that. With everything they see, And everything they know, they scratch their proverbial heads to be able to identify with fallen, frail creatures like us who can be sons and daughters of the Most High God. So a covenant person puts themselves in an understanding place, not only in their lifetime, but in God's unique plan, saying this, that there's nobody else and nothing else. If you're a Bible believer, you need to be able to make this statement. There is nothing else and nobody else except for mankind, man and woman, that Jesus redeemed. Nothing else has been redeemed. And it's interesting to me in a culture where we get further and further away from the cross, how we elevate other forms of life. Abortion is rampant. Uh, Abortion is almost a sacrament to God-haters. But if you aborted a puppy or a farm animal, 
you'd be considered a monster, okay? I've noticed some of the news stories over the last couple years that literally in our area, people have gotten in more trouble for abusing a dog or a pet or a horse than they have for abusing a child. Listen to me. This is spiritual. This is a lack of covenantal understanding. And while I'm speaking to you, the cat walks into the room. That's right, cat. You are not saved and you can't be saved, as nice as you may be. I'm not a cat person, but we have a we do have a nice cat that thinks it's a dog and follows you around. But anyway, as much as I like animals, they are not redeemed. They cannot go to heaven. There will be animals in heaven. There'll be recreated animals in heaven. But the earth is melting away. We'll have to get a new one, okay? So one of the marks of a covenant person is really not in pride, but in honor to say, I am the most unique creation of God. So much so that the angels long to look into what I have. The angels cannot comprehend that relationship that we have. It is so unique. So there are three things I can do about it that I wrote down. Number one, we can prize our salvation. We can glory in our salvation. We can thank the Lord for our salvation. Do you thank God for your salvation every day? I mean out loud, Lord, I thank you that I'm a child of God today. I thank you that I'm forgiven today. I thank you that I can walk with you today. I'm thankful that I, on my worst day, God, that my sins have been forgiven, that I stand righteous by the cross, that you see me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Is that a part of your life. Uh, you know, we talk about spiritual disciplines a lot, but I think that is the foundation of spiritual discipline, acknowledging and thanking God that he gave us what we could never get. Okay. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. Uh, and he paid a debt he didn't know. It's as simple as that. Do you prize your salvation? Do you glory in it? Do you talk about it? Do you share it? Okay. Which brings us the next one. First, I prize it. Then I protect it. Okay. I protect my salvation. I walk in a sanctified manner. I don't contaminate my salvation. I don't see how much I can expose myself to and hang by the grace of God by a thread. You know, holiness is not how close I can get to the world and get away with some holiness is thanking God for not something I don't have, but something I do have. I have the spirit of Christ within me. And so I want to protect that. I want to honor that. I want to cherish it. You know, you may have certain things around your home that uh, they may be uh, something, a family heirloom. They may be a gift that somebody, you know, gave to you. And you have that thing up on the mantle. You have it on your windowsill. It could be something that was autographed and given to you. It could be a, a picture that came, you know, down through your family. It could be something that has intrinsic value, something like gold or silver. Uh, but you, you protect that. You don't leave it to the elements. You don't say, oh, where do I, what do I do with that? Where is it at? Okay. You, you protect that. And I believe the more you prize your salvation, the more geared you are to indeed protect your salvation. The third thing you do 
is you propagate it. If you prize it and you protect it, you know what? You're going to propagate it. If you think about your salvation, you will share it with other people. If you are actively walking in sanctification and identification because of your salvation, if that is the meditations of your heart, if that's what's on your mind, you're going to, you're going to propagate it. You're, you're going to share it. You're not going to have to just, you know, think about it. I was in a place the other day and a man walked in and was talking to somebody. He wasn't even talking to me, but I was there and he was talking about a grandson that was just born and was in the hospital and they could tell he was bewildered. And I just said in front of that group right there, I don't, I don't know if this man, I, I don't know him. I didn't know if he was a believer. I said, can I pray for you? He said, oh, please do. You know, that's what they usually do. And I didn't think about that. That just came out of me. Okay. Uh, why does that come out of me? Uh, because I'm better than somebody else? No, because I'm aware of my salvation. I'm aware that I have standing with God. I'm aware that I can talk to Jesus in the middle of a marketplace, okay? That's what I'm talking about, propagating your salvation. Uh, so the angels long to look in it. Are you willing to take your place in God's creation? Do you understand that you are uh, superiorly redeemed. There is nothing else like you, not even the angels. Wow. The Bible backs it up. You look it up. Okay. Hey, I want to uh, reach out to you, invite you. Time's getting close. We do a conference every year called our national conference. This year, the theme is going to the next level. It's going to be right outside the New Orleans area. You fly into New Orleans. It's February 1, 2, and 3. It's a great time to get together if you want to get out of the cold, if you need to get away, if you've been tired of being cooped up under the, the COVID curse, then it's time to shake loose and get free. Go to nrpastors.com. The information's all there. Uh, I, I'd love to hear from you. I'd, like, I'd love to meet some of you in person, maybe, that listen. Uh, Chris Hodges will be our special guest speaker. I'll be one of the speakers. We'll have some practical workshops. My wife is going to meet with all the pastor's wives for a special lunch. I mean, we're going to do a lot of fun things. So it's good to get away. You know, talk about covenant. Well, covenant people get together. They, they like being around each other. And so if you're looking to connect to a tribe, if you need to get together, uh, I would say this. If you feel like you don't need to get together, you probably really do need to get together. You're probably the person I'm talking to. But anyway, hey, walk in your salvation. Celebrate it out loud. Enjoy the power of God in your life, in Jesus' name. Today, Keith continued his discussion on understanding covenant. We are redeemed. Our salvation should be prized, protected, and propagated. A covenant person understands their unique place in God's redemptive plan and order. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.